We say amazing things at funerals and we do amazing things at funerals, but we sometimes we don't do it in advance. And I think that that's something that's pretty powerful and I love the concept. I, I just, I can't even put into words how grateful I am for everything that she did for me. Oh my God, yes. I'm so glad you two did this. And, you know, every day is not a guarantee. We are the call bearers of positivity. She knows her worth and her value. And she doesn't let anybody walk over that in any kind of way. I have behaved myself. I have done everything I'm supposed to, and it's still not enough. You're there. Like, there is nothing more to achieve. Like, right now, you are the person that you thought you wanted to be in your obituary. Like, you're already that woman. Y'all are amazing. I'm obsessed with the both of you. Welcome to your Excited to introduce our first, what I keep calling a subcast until we figure out what we want to call it, special episode, bonus episode. We're going to have two bonus episodes for the month of October, both of them focusing on ghost stories. Absolute favorite. If there is any, it doesn't even matter how crappy, any ghosty movie, Virginia and I are in the theater with our popcorn ready to see it. It doesn't matter how trashy. No, it does not. We will watch 100% of them. Um, It doesn't matter how cheap the jump scare. Like We're all about the ghost stories. So um, we are actually rushing to get these podcasts out this month because we have to do these ghost stories. So I'm really excited to share them with you. Um, They are really fun and mostly comforting, although... Uh, we'll get some demons in the next episode, but spoiler alert. <laughs> so our first, uh, the first person we're going to talk to or hear from rather today is Catherine. And so Catherine is someone that I've actually known a very long time. And one of the people who I kind of almost adopted her ghost story as my own, not in the sense of like pretending it happened to me, um, but in the sense of just telling it over and over again, because it's so absolutely fascinating. Um, so Catherine's going to be the first one up talking about how the house she grew up in is kind of haunted. Are you going to tell multiple stories? I was hoping you would ask me guiding questions. Yeah, we're like podcast repartee here. Oh dear, Catherine. Let me recommend you to some other people. We're brand new. Podcasters like bullshit for 45 minutes before they get to the good stuff. It's like reading a recipe. Exactly. <laughs> this reminds me of the first time I ever saw a lemon. And also like the color yellow. See? We have Catherine with us today, who maybe grew up in a haunted house. Would you go so far as to make that claim? Okay, here's what I'll say is that my five siblings and I would make that claim, as would my dad when he was alive, but my mom would not make that claim, which allowed her to not have to disclose ghosts when she sold the house. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Do you have to disclose that for real? No, probably not, but I kind of feel like you should maybe. But you would if it was your, if you were selling it? I absolutely think that house was haunted, yes. Okay. And you would disclose that when you were selling it? Well, it depends on how badly and quickly I needed to sell it. (laughs) How good is the market in this scenario? Um, well, and also some buyers might pay you more. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like a lot of the people on this podcast. <laughs> a lot of people seek them out. And it's interesting because some of the folks who see them really easily do not go looking. Like, like you do not want them. Yeah. I'm too scared. Like I'm fascinated by ghost stories. I will watch other people have clearly bullshit, you know, ghost stories right. and, and enjoy it. But I don't want to go anywhere that's, that's well, reportedly wanted. Now I feel like my, at one point my daughter got a little bit scared and I remember just telling her this house is fine. Like it was just so clear to me that mm. it was fine. Um, having grown up in one that was just so clearly not, I mean, it right. was fine. Nobody ever got hurt or anything, but I think it feels different when there's like something 
something going on. All right. Okay, so you can have a feeling because you grew up. I, I guess having it around you. Maybe someone else would have that feeling had they not grown up in a house with all of that. You'd still walk in and feel it. I'm not sure. I mean, <laughs> Beth, you've been there. I yes. don't know that you felt anything. Like, I don't know. I didn't. I feel kind of left out. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But here's <laughs> the thing. I'll say this. Like, when I was really little, my twin sister and I shared a bedroom. And that's where I first saw what later I would think of as some kind of a ghost. And I did not think when I was little, oh, that's a ghost. You know what hmm. I mean? Like, like when it's when it was happening, I, I just thought there's a man standing in the doorway of our bedroom. And I, I didn't think it was a ghost because I was too little probably to even consider that, you know. Right. It comes um, so easily to kids sometimes. That's what they say, right? The kids yeah. see things more easily. So mm -hmm. that was the one where I was the youngest and it was the most frequent. Like we would wake up in the middle of the night and look in the doorway to the hallway and there would just be this man. I kind of remember him and I'd be like leaning on the door jam with a hat on. Um, and I would just be like, oh, that man is there. And I remember getting scared and I would put my pillow on my face. And kids are kids are so weird and dumb, but I would put my pillow on my face and walk through down the hall to climb into bed with my older sister because I felt more comfortable leaving my sister in there. Behind. But yeah, for some reason, that seemed like a good idea at the time. So could you eat my twin? Yeah. Do something right. terrible to her and not me. Yeah. Don't worry, there's another one in here. <laughs> it was enough to feel scary, but again, like I don't know that I would have used the word ghost back in the day. Mm -hmm. Right. So what did he look like? So you said, this is where people bug me on the ghost shows because they say they were in period dress. So I'm like, what period? You know, so like, was it an Abraham Lincoln hat? Was it a newsboy? When I was a kid, I was a Catholic. I was raised Catholic and we would go to church and all the men would take off their hats and put them on the windowsills at the beginning of the mass. And it looked like those hats, like whatever those hats were in like the eighties mm -hmm. that, you know, that the men would wear to church and take off. Like, I guess like a bowler hat or I don't okay. even know. Huh. Like or something so it was kind of like a low hat not a top hat and he seemed like tall and thin and he would just kind of like be standing there in the entryway to our shared bedroom and I know that Carol and I both saw this and I remember walking through because I didn't want to be there mm -hmm. but apparently I walked through it just fine you know um I would walk straight down the hall until I hit the wall at the end because I had a pool in front of my face because I couldn't see where I was going. And then inch my way to the door and then open the door and climb in bed with my older sister because she was comforting. That is So how often did that happen? Um, like, was it pretty regular? I feel like often enough that it was a normal thing for me. You know, oh. like not every night or anything, but right, right. often enough that I would not be surprised to wake up and be like, oh, there's a guy at the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Got to walk through that dude again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember ever telling my parents, really. We didn't really tell them things as kids. Like, my kids tell me everything, and I feel like we just did not tell them things. Um, mm -hmm. so, I yeah, do agree, Catholic, and we do not tell anybody anything ever. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing, right? So, yeah. But that story is actually better many years down the line, because my sister and I grew up in that bedroom. We switched bedrooms when we were maybe 12. Never. I don't remember anything ever happening in that other bedroom, really. Um, you guys are twins. I can't remember if you said that. Right. right. We're twins. Yeah, okay. So when I was in my grad school years, she had 
little boys. She had twins of her own and they used to sometimes sleep over at my mom and dad's house. So same house, same bedroom. That's where they slept over. Um, and one night my sister calls me, she's in Ohio. I'm in Illinois in grad school. And she calls and says, Catherine, you're you're like, I'm never, I'm never getting over what just happened. And I was like, what are you talking about? She said, well, the boys were supposed to sleep over tonight. So it's the second set of twins, right? We're the girl twins. They're the boy twins. She's like, they're supposed to sleep over mom and dad's tonight. And they said to me, we don't, we don't want to stay over there, you know? And she said, well, why not? You have so much fun. And they said, but the man watches us at night in the doorway. Nope. <laughs> and I like, I, I'm no. still to this day kind of stunned by that. Right. Because we didn't tell them those stories. My parents wouldn't told them those stories and they were probably about the same age, you know, four years old, five years old. Um, and so that was really, truly scary. That was the, that was the only time where I thought, oh my God, like, and it brought back all these memories from childhood. And then it, it became very clear in my memory. And, and my sister's a little bit dramatic, you know, when telling stories and she's like, oh God, I'm dying. I'm never going back there. You know, whatever. And it was all fine. It was all good. No one ever got hurt or anything, but yeah, that was, that was a good one. So had you and your sister talked about it? We did. You know, a lot? Okay. We did as children. Okay. But we must have because she knew enough to call me and say, oh my God, guess what, right. what she said to me? Oh. oh, I said, was she a little pissed off that like you left her in the bedroom with the man? <laughs> I, I have a feeling that at that age, she didn't know. And I used to get scared at night and climb in bed with her because we had two separate twin beds and she did not like that. Um, <laughs> so probably she was just kind of like, at least I got my bed to myself, you know? Right. At least I wasn't the comforting sister. Right. The abandoned <laughs> sister. Exactly. One time when I climbed in bed with her overnight, I threw up on her. So that's like really probably what she was more concerned about. Boy. Not the ghost as much. As well. So do you feel like it was the same? I mean, I understand it was the same guy like at the door of your room. Do you feel like there were like a lot of different things in that house? Like did your siblings experience the same guy or were there a bunch of different types of experiences? Yeah. So my oldest siblings were already maybe 10, 11 when we moved in there. And I don't really know what the two oldest ones experienced. I do know that at least maybe three or four of us had one shared experience that my dad also had as well. Oh. And then this is the one that my mom always denied. But then after my dad died, she started not spending time alone downstairs anymore she went upstairs and i suspect it's because it happened to her as well because oh, wow. it was only when you were home alone this would only ever happen alone and i'll just tell you the story of what happened to me and then i can just tell you this also happened too i know my dad and i think my mom but she won't probably talk about it um and at least a couple of my siblings so when i was maybe i guess 18 19 i was home alone for the very first time for several weeks so my parents went on vacation i was the youngest kid at home and i had the whole house to myself and i thought it was awesome and so i came home from work one day cuz i had an internship and i'm just hanging out watching tv and it occurs to me it was probably before remote controls because i i didn't have a remote control i remember that's part of the story so I'm sitting here home alone. Everything's fine. You know, we live out in the country and things are, you know, relatively quiet. And I'm watching television. And then all of a sudden, clear as day, clear as day in the, in the room above me, I hear footsteps and it's like very strong footsteps, clear, not like a creak or whatever. And it's like, they walk across the floor and I hear what sounds like dragging furniture. And then they walk back across the floor. 
And, you know, they say you don't know if you're a fight, flight, freeze person until it happens. And I froze. Like, I just sat there for like, I'm saying, I mean, at least an hour, hour and a half. And I remember because I couldn't change the TV channel. Like we had an old TV and I couldn't get up and change it. I just watched whatever was on TV and I was like, <gasps> like, and if it had been an intruder, I was, I would have been screwed. Like <laughs> I was just literally frozen. And then for as long as it takes to sit there and freeze and whatnot, then the phone rings. And I don't know why, but I got up and I answered the phone and it was my dad calling from this campground where he and my mom were. And he could tell, he's like, oh my God, are you okay? And I said, no, I said, I'm really scared. I think somebody's upstairs. And I told him what I heard, this very clear as day footsteps, somebody dragging furniture and clear as day footsteps. And I said, you know, dad, I haven't heard anyone leave or anything. So I don't know what to do. And I probably should have called somebody already and I didn't do anything. And he starts laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing for? He's like, we've all heard that. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and again, this was my first time at home alone, extended right. period of time in the house. And he said, oh yeah, like that's, that's something we've all heard. And so then he tells me a story about him getting home from school one day or from work rather. And my twin sister was famous for constantly re rearranging furniture. And so the same thing happened. He's sitting in this chair. He's home alone and doesn't realize it goes upstairs because he hears her moving furniture. And it's like, Oh, Carol must be home and no one's there. And so he's like, it is exactly what you heard, Catherine. It's just, this is what I experienced too. And so it's, it's like kind of like that echoing thing that happens with my nephew's story when they see the man in the doorway, where it's like, as soon as it happened to me, he was kind of like, oh yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. And I really thought someone was in the house because it doesn't sound like a ghost. It doesn't sound like, like spooky or whatever. It literally just sounds like someone's walking around in your house, you know? And I, I suspect no one was ever walking around in the house, you know? <laughs> So yeah, that's a story that, you know, it happened to at least a few of us and was always home alone, always very quick. Like I didn't hear it more than once. I heard it once and it was over. That's what happened to my dad too. And he was so casual. It never occurred to him. It was an intruder or whatever, because it sounded just like Carol. It sounded like real footsteps, moving things, you know, walking around and then no one is there, you know, and I had to sleep. That was my bedroom right up there. So I had to sleep in there. And I remember Jeez. lying in bed, just like every single sound, just being terrified. But I never heard that again. I only ever heard it once. And like I said, my mom, after my dad died, stopped using that room for TV and whatever. She moved it all up to the upstairs and that's where she would sit home alone at night. And, and I would bet money it's because she got spooked. But again, she will not admit to it. Catholic mothers never do. I know. I know. Maybe it's like, a, maybe it's partly like, she's just not a superstitious type person. She's a very practical person. And maybe it's partly religion. I don't really know, but she did not want to go there. When we would talk about it as kids, she would just laugh and say, oh, I don't think that's real. Um, so, so when your dad went upstairs to look for Carol, the furniture had not been moved, right? So like there was no actual moving. It was just no, a noise. No actual moving. I'm assuming no actual person, right? Um, oh, right. No, but it was a very consistent story. Like I think mm -hmm. Carol also heard this and it's that very clear like scraping of furniture, but well, there was carpet up there. So that didn't make sense either. Like it sounded like moving furniture on wood, but mm -hmm. what we had carpeted years before. So I don't even know what That's, that was all about. Yeah. So that guy's watching you sleep, just waiting for you to get up so he can move stuff around. He's like, I gotta, I gotta rearrange this room. Why are they here? This furniture looks terrible. Get out of here. Yeah. You guys keep screwing up my, uh, my day quay. <laughs> it sounds real. Like that's the weird thing about it. Like, you know, I like watching, I don't like watching horror movies, but I, I like watching ghostish movies and they always seem to know right away that it's a ghost. Mm -hmm. you know, I don't recall ever thinking, oh, that's a ghost. I thought there was someone in the house. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's what interests me so much is that people are like, oh, I could tell it was good or I could tell it was bad. I'm like, just by the feeling that you get. And you're yeah. like, I could tell it was a real person. <laughs> it was that convincing. Yeah, um, have- yeah. I mean, I feel though, like I could feel that, like, I do think the house felt different than other mm-hmm. houses, but you know, who knows? Maybe that was informed by those experiences as opposed to informing them, but right. it does not feel like the other homes I've ever lived in. Have you experienced ghosts in any other places? I mean, you've been to some old places in England and Scotland. and Ghosts seem so real that I didn't know. Right, right. No, no as far as I know, <laughs> I haven't. Including like, like, you know, you and I, when we've been in the old, old places in England and whatnot, I've, I've never felt, I've never quite felt that anywhere yeah. else. Um, although, actually, that's a lie. That's a lie. When I was at college there were some weird things that happened in these, some of these like old stone buildings or whatever. Mm. Some of them are easily explained, but I had a dorm room where like the door would unlatch and open or the water would turn on. And I always thought that was weird. But, I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's fair to think that's it's so Catholicism is really the, the thread here that you're following, right? Cause you went to a Catholic college. I know it's probably all the old Catholic, <laughs> like guilty ghosts. They're like, I'm doing penance here. Somebody work with me. I'm in purgatory. My mom used to always say, please, please. Poor souls in you purgatory. Really want. I need some help from the ghostly realm. Um, I think you have another ghost story, though. Because I remember one about your dad telling you about a book flying yes. off the shelf. So this is one that my mom would admit to back in the day. Now, she's 83. I don't know if she will admit to it now, but... They move into this house. Now, first of all, I have to tell you this funny story about this house. So the house is very, very old. It's built in 1830 and rumored to have been part of the Underground Railway and stuff like that. And my parents moved into this house after living in the backyard next door for three months over the summer with four kids and a hundred pound dog. (laughs) Is the people who sold them the house reneged on the deal and wouldn't move out when they agreed to. Oh, and then my twin mm-hmm. and I were born literally eight months, almost to the day from when they actually got into this house. And we were a month early. <laughs> so we were like celebration babies, like surprises. Cause they were like, we're finally in a house, you know? <laughs> so I believe, I don't know this for sure. And my siblings would probably correct some of this. I don't know, but I believe that this happened within that first year they were living there before I was even born. Oh, okay. so my parents' bedroom was upstairs and the living room was downstairs with a lot of built-in bookshelves, the really beautiful old wooden bookshelves. They all painted it white and had white sheer curtains. It was just so beautiful, colonial home, you know, whatever. And my my, my mom and dad both wake up one night because they hear like, boom, right? And so my dad dutifully goes downstairs to check on this. And there's a book on the floor. He's like, oh, that's weird. So he picks it up and he puts it away. And now I don't know if this was the same night or a different night or whatever. They wake up again and hear boom. <laughs> and he goes down again and it's the same book. <laughs> on the floor and I, I, he picks it up and puts it away. And then the, it happens one more time. And the next time it goes boom. And it, it's like across the floor when he goes down to get it and he puts it away. And my dad was the calmest person you ever met and not a bullshitter really at all. And that's the story. He never changed the details of it. And he could not remember what book it was. That's the thing. That was my next question was like, clearly that spirit wanted him to read that damn book. I'm like, what? I that don't is know. the question from that story. But what was the book? How I could he know. not have looked? He was also like 
Did he work at the library? Like incredibly yeah, intelligent. He's an electrical engineer, like that generation where if you were a smart man, you went to school as an engineer, but he never talked about it. And then in his retirement, he went and worked part-time at the library and he never stopped talking about it. He just loved <laughs> it. Speaking of dads, I have one more story that I don't consider a ghost story, but it is Halloween-y. And okay. because Halloween. this, like, you know, the day after Halloween in Catholic tradition is... All Saints Day. Exactly. No. So it's like, it's like, all Saints Day, or I don't know if we called it All Souls Day too. Yeah, yes. But yeah, it was like it was like a, a day to think about the dead and you know whatnot. And so when my dad died, it was in my condo. Like he was on vacation with my mom. They were from Ohio. They were visiting me in California, and he went took a nap, which he never did any of the years he ever visited us, and he died in that room. It was horrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just really sad. But you know. It, it was a relatively peaceful death as deaths go. It wasn't, you know, violent or scarring or anything like that. And, and then, like I said, I am no longer Catholic. Um, but that year, like he died in July and that year, I remember so clearly going into that room, pulling out the pullout sofa that he died laying on and lying down to take a nap. And that is, the, that is, I swear to God, I talked to him during that nap. And it was All Saints Day. So for me, as like a former Catholic, I was mm -hmm. like, oh. And I remember waking up and I was like drugged. Like I felt like I had totally been like drugged. And in that nap, I was holding the baby. He was only five months old the day my dad died. And so he got to meet that baby, which was lovely. I was holding the baby and I remember my dad saying, oh, we all say he's like my dad. And Sophie, she's like mom, you know? And mm -hmm. it was so clear. And it's like, I could kind of see people and... I really truly felt like I had talked to him. And so that's, that's where I think about like, I don't know that that's a ghost. I don't know what that is, but I thought mm -hmm. it was interesting that it happened on that day recognized as like, kind of the like day that also, you know, right after Halloween and you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I never experienced anything quite like that before mm -hmm. or since. And that like soporific kind of like, I couldn't come out. I couldn't come out of it. I woke up and I was like, Oh my God, something, something happened there. It wasn't really like just a nap. Um, and it was just weird because it was literally the exact, it was even the half of the sofa bed that he had been lying on when it happened. Mm -hmm. after I was lying That's down. That's actually incredibly beautiful. Yeah. I, it I really love, is. It's one of my favorite. I felt like it was a gift. You know, yeah. I was like, I really feel like this was a gift. Mm. So it felt comforting to you. Like you realize. Mm. Yeah. We have another person who talked about her, um, her stepdad dying and the way that he shows himself to her sister as opposed to her. And, and you oh, know, yeah. So no, I think it's so special. And I, I remember you telling me about that when you came to, um, to visit after, and, and I know your connection to your dad was so special and he was just the coolest, you know, guy. <laughs> so yeah, of course he's going to come back and comfort you and, you know, refocus you on Silas, you know, like refocus you on, on the, the generations that are still happening that, you know, they all came from us. Like, it's okay. I'm gone, but we're not gone. You know, like that's just beautiful. It was so lovely. And, you know, Sagai, my son Silas really does remind me of my grandpa, which is what he had said is, oh, yeah, we all say he's like grandpa. And I'm like, man, he really kind of is it's kind of like gentle. Did you worry about who we all were, though, when he said that? <laughs> like, who are they talking to? <laughs> we all think this. <laughs> That's so funny. I had a dream, too. Like, we were looking for a new house, and it's terribly hard to find one in my town. They're very expensive, and there's only ever one on the market. And then there's 50 grand of foundation work to do and, you know, all this stuff. And we were on our fourth or fifth escrow by this point. Like it was, it took forever. And I had a dream that my dad, who was an electrical engineer, I walked into this garage 
of a, of my new house that I wanted to buy. But of course it didn't match up with anything we had seen. And he was in the garage, like checking outlets and opening up like the power board and stuff. And he said, I'm just checking this, you know, making sure it's all safe, making sure this is a good one. And I remember saying, Oh my God, dad, thank you. And I said, can I touch you? And he said, yes, but I have to go. And I remember touching him and then waking up and it felt so real. You should make me cry. You die and then you're my ghost. <laughs> I'm crying. I know I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, it was just so lovely because I felt like protected and watched over and like, and then, and then, the, you know, they can I touch you. It was just so real. I was like, oh my God, yeah. it's actually there, you know? And so I don't know what I believe about like the afterlife, but whatever our brains have lived, if nothing else, we're, we're capable of producing this kind of beauty, you know, yeah. feeling loved still, I guess. Yeah. That is gorgeous. Oh, I don't feel like we need to be able to say for sure what these things are, whether it's like the dude in the doorway or the furniture moving or whatever. I don't know why we would need that in particular. And the fact that that repeated with my family members makes me think something else was happening. But like the dreams of our, our loved ones, like people we actually knew and loved, like I'm okay with that just being my imagination if that's what it was, because it was beautiful. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Right. So Catherine's stories, um, a little chilling, but also somewhat comforting in a, in a weird ghosty way. Uh, this leads us to our next ghost storyteller, Vicky. Uh, Vicky also has, uh, some comforting family connections, much mm -hmm. like Catherine. Like these ghosties just want to make sure you're all safe. Let's hear it. So Vicky, I'm so excited that you're going to tell your stories and you, have more than one, right? This is kind of an ongoing thing. Yeah, I have, I have a couple, but I've got one main one that's really crazy. So yeah, I'm all and I'm a Halloween girly. Love Halloween. I've grown. I mean, I can kind of. I'll get into this, but I grew up like both of my parents are a believer in ghosts or spirits. Like it was always a thing in our house, always. So that's all, all right. So focus on you, Vicky. Uh, <laughs> let's let's hear it. Okay, awesome. So, um, kind of like I said, my both of my parents are very open and have always, it's just always been talked about, you know, the lights just flickering has always jokingly been, oh, well, that's got to be our resident ghost. You know, it's just always little, it's always been open. It's never been taboo. It's never been anything crazy. Um, and then I'm half Asian. My dad is Asian. And so just like culturally, like you look for signs of your ancestors and you respect your ancestors. And, and so that's just, it's just, they're always looking out for you almost, you know? So that's like my background and ghosts and all of that. Um, but this specific story, um, so just a little set the stage. My husband is a teacher at a high school, a boarding school, high school boarding school. So the students live on campus. So a perk of that is that we also get to live on campus. And so we live in a townhouse that is connected to a girl's dorm. Yeah. And so that's, that's already something fun and crazy. And the school opened in 1916. So it's got Ooh. some history. Um, yeah. So about five years ago, before we moved into this townhouse, um, it had actually caught on fire and had to get renovated. No one died, thank goodness. I'm pretty sure it was like some student, not something in the microwave. Like it had burned and the firemen knew what had happened. It wasn't anything crazy, um, but it had burned down. And so it had to be renovated and, and all of that. But the first week, so 
burned down five years ago. We have been here three years. So two years after it burned down, we moved in. So the first week we moved in, very small little stuff was happening. Uh, the washer would just stop. The dryer would just stop. So then I thought it was electrical, like maybe something's tripping and then they would start again. So I'm like, what? I put a work order for it, came in, nothing was wrong. It just happened all the time. Don't know what it was. Just small things. Um, things in my laundry would always just go missing and then turn up folded in our spare bedroom that all of our junk is in, which, okay, maybe that was my husband. I don't know. You know, maybe I picked it up, folded it, put it down. I was explaining all the things away because it was just so like little tiny things. So then our cats were just fighting and I think I had had a bad day and the washer had stopped and the smelled like mildew. And I'm like, I'm going to contact Tracy, who is a medium that I have met with previously um, to reach out to some loved ones. And, and we have worked together for a couple of things. So I had told my husband, I am contacting Tracy because I need to make sure this is not something spiritual or whatever. And, you know, I'm a little hippy dippy anyway. So, you know, I did. And so that I had said, said that to my husband next morning, 7am alarm goes off, get ready for work. I come down my stairs to grab my water bottle from the kitchen, go back upstairs, finish getting ready. 45 minutes goes by. I come back downstairs to make my coffee, head out the door. As I come down the stairs of my living room, I see smoke coming out of my kitchen. And so panic. Yeah. All at the same time, I yell for my husband who is dead asleep in bed and the fire alarm goes off all at the same time. So you never know what you're going to do in fight or flight situations. It just happens. Your brain just takes over. And so I just, I ran into the kitchen where all the smoke is because our kitchen leads to the outside. So I'm like thinking about opening the outside, like figuring out it's not a scary amount of smoke, but it's coming out of my kitchen into my living room. That yeah, is I think any smoke that you didn't know was there is bad news. And again, 45 minutes prior, I had yeah. gone into the kitchen to grab my water bottle. Everything was fine. Nothing on fire. Didn't even think twice about anything. So I go run into the kitchen to open the door and I see that, okay, let me preface this. This is a, I understand this was a terrible idea. This is a terrible mistake that his, is 99.9% .9 fine, except for the 0.1%. So our air fryer was sitting on top of our stove. Should it have been there? Absolutely not. Should not have been there. It was. So I run in, as I run into the kitchen, it's the air fryer caught on fire. It's plastic melted everywhere, like sparks coming out, like on fire. It's not plugged in. Again, fight or flight, not smart. Shouldn't have done this. But I just pick it up and throw it outside because because it's on fire enough, but not, not in flames that I'm going to – it wasn't like I was going to burn my hand. I just needed to pick it up and chuck it outside. And at this point, my husband's there. He's – He's holding the door open for me. It's a little chaotic, but I get it out there. Chuck it out. So then I like evaluate the situation. I'm like, did this catch on? Did this spontaneously explode? Should, like, was it some chemical reaction? I'm like sciencey trying to process. Was it some chemical reaction? Did like what had happened? And I see our stovetop is turned on to high. 
And so we have a stove top that you have to push in and turn. Oh. And so it had it had been turned on to high and just melted the bottom. And then that's what caught on fire. Melted the plastic. Plastic caught on fire. It had caught on fire. But again, I, I can just I imagine. Had, I had come downstairs 45 minutes earlier. Wasn't Obviously, the oven was not on. If it were on all night, it would have caught fire last night. Like, really tried. My husband who doesn't really believe in ghosts or spirits. He was trying to come up with a science, and he's a science teacher. So trying to come up with a logical, it's got to be a chemical, something with, you know, electrical. But he does admit that there's, he doesn't have an answer. Like, we do not know how that happened. So I'm like, heading up my girl, Tracy. I'm like, Tracy, uh, I need some help. <laughs> I, I think a ghost is trying to set me on fire. <laughs> like, please come help me. I do not want to die on this high school boarding school campus, please. That would be terrible. So, um, anyway, she, like, calls me immediately. And she's like, what, what happened? Whatever. And she, you know, has to get herself. Because she called me just making sure I was okay and I was alive and all of that. So, she was just for my safety. But she, like, kind of got into the zone. And she was like, well, I will tell you that um is your is it does perkins have a name does that sound like perkins and that is the name of our dorm <gasps> perkins and so i'm like yes and she was like well i i believe she she comes from the perkins family and she is not mean or evil she just feels disrespected like this is what mm -hmm. you should do this is what you should say um and so I, it was just basically like, hello, I know that you're here. We can coexist. I am sorry for not acknowledging. Tracy thinks that Miss Perkins knew that I had sensed her and I hadn't said it out loud. And when I did say it out loud, it was negative. Like, I need to contact her. I think something, you know, it was negative. And so I just need to acknowledge her and and I chit chat with her sometimes and she loves the kitchen. Like I will feel her more in the kitchen than anywhere in the, in the house. Um, so anyway, yeah. And since I've been acknowledging her, nothing, even my washer dryer, totally fine. Everything's fine. Whoa. Just needed to acknowledge her and we chit chat and Kiki sometimes. And now she doesn't want to burn me down. <laughs> That is good. She probably, depending on how old she was, like, damn, I've air fryer, you fangled cooking. Oh, cool. So, but you have had, I mean, you already know in the that you have problems like a girl. So yeah. you've had other things kind of leading up to this? Has it been yeah. whole life? Um, yeah. I'm, for the most part, I mean, again, to each their own. And everyone can, it's a spectrum, right? Everyone can, like, Someone can listen to this and be like, she's completely making that up. And that's totally fine. And that's totally fine. But I have had just weird experiences and just unexplainable feelings. And, um, yeah, and actually, I'm quite jealous. But I believe it runs, I think it runs in our family because, you know, some of my siblings, like, my brother will just be like, I believe, I think something bad's going to happen. And then like, I just get this dread. I have this dread. And the very, like the very next day, my stepdad died, you know? And it's like, 
just like, but that is so common. Like my mom has always been like, we just, I don't, I think it comes from my mom's side of the family. Um, but it's something, I think it's, I just have always felt connected or I always have felt a sense of either comfort or discomfort, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I just, I've always grown up believing in spirits, knowing that they're there, acknowledging them. I will, this comes from my Asian side, but I will, you know, reach out to my spirit guides. And when I say that, I literally am just like, hello, angels, hello, spirit, like someone help me make this decision or please someone show me, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's coincidence or what have you, like signs do come and Mm -hmm. I will give specific, like, you know, if this was meant to be, you know, show me two cardinals at the bird feeder, you know, and like, whether it's not, whether it is, or it's not meant to be, I will find that specific sign that I specifically ask for. So it is, yeah, it's, it's always been part of me. Yeah. But you don't like seek it out, like go on ghost hunts or try to find haunted places because you believe in it and respect it. Yes. I do not. Don't get me wrong. When I was six, seven, eighth grade, I was watching ghost hunters. Ghost. I was watching all of it. I was getting nightmares always, but I know no part of me ever wanted to go somewhere haunted or do any, even like Ouija boards, like none of that. I do not want to mess with any of that. Mm-hmm. I just do believe and acknowledge there is something in the universe that, you know, can connect you back to the living and the dead. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're both believers, so like there's no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I do think it's a different way of thinking about it, though. Like, I think the way you're talking about it, it's almost like this awareness that then there's this other realm that's coexisting right next mm-hmm. to us at all times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes aware of it. You know, yeah. self known to you. And you can reach out to it, like you said, and, and kind of draw on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is, I think, a different to have it as like, you know, there are people who feel like they're sensitive, who feel like they see a lot, who go on the ghost hunts. Um, mm-hmm. But to have it as a part of almost dragon, I think is, is unique. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm just, like you said, and Tracy, again, the, the medium that I like to use or go to or whatever, um, she, she always will say, like, your loved ones if, you know, if there is a connection there in the living world, there will always be one when they pass. And just because, you know, my stepdad's spirit is with me doesn't mean he's not with my mom. He's also with my mom and also with my sisters and also with my, you know, he's, it's, it is like, you know, it's not like you can just at one place, like you are living. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it's very cool because my stepsister, um, when maybe a few weeks after my stepdad died, which tragic, just freak accident, like fell off a ladder, whole space. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. I mean, it's just honestly, no one should be on a ladder home alone ever, ever. Anyway, but um, about a few weeks after his passing, my stepsister, he came to her in a dream and it was so cool. And she was like, they were in the hospital where he like same set, same setting, same room, same everything. And, but he was totally fine, totally healed. And he was like, or, you know, my steps, Oh, sorry. That was my laundry. My, 
I apologize. She knows you're talking about her. <laughs> I know. Um, so my stepsister was like, oh my gosh, like you're healed dad. Like we can take you home. We can bring you home. And he was like, oh no, honey. Like I hit my head way too hard. I'm already passed. I'm just saying goodbye. Oh yeah. So anyway, we totally believe in all the things and we look for all the signs. Yeah. I love I mean, I don't love that, but I love that. No, but yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. And actually, maybe not even two weeks ago from right now, this right now, current time, I was venting to my mom about how I was jealous that my stepsister got this dream and I didn't because I'm dramatic. <laughs> and I, as my, my stepdad was the fire marshal for 35 years in Blacksburg. And so anytime I see a fire truck with the lights on, I know that it's Wayne looking out for me. And as I say, I'm jealous. As those words leave my mouth on the phone with my mom, two fire trucks come right on by with their lights on. And I'm like, I'm sorry, Wayne. Just kidding. You're Not jealous. My bad. <laughs> so. It's like she gets the dreams, you get the trucks. Just yes. yes. Not everyone gets the same thing. Yeah. Can't be needy. Right. Can't do it. Too dramatic. Yeah. That's really lovely. Yeah. So. I like. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I find super interesting always is that I've, I've, again, I, I say I, Tracy's my go-to girl. I've met with her maybe only like three or four times, four times. So, I mean, I that's still kind of that a lot. I, I was gonna, that, that makes her your girl that like I have like an eyebrow lady and think like once you've seen them like two or three times they become like yeah. you, you have your own medium it's cool yeah <laughs> yes exactly she always tells me that my mom is living like she's alive healthy well she always tells me that my mom's spirit comes through first because it is so strong even though she's living like her spirit surrounds me which is very cool that's super cool yeah protection yes so mother's loves are always protecting their daughters i can't even imagine how what kind of a force to be reckoned with she's going to be later yeah <laughs> and actually tracy told me that mom will find someone else and i i am not gonna like him at first but yeah. he's going to be good for her. So I'm going to have to get over it. I know. Not yeah. I know. Me too. For your mom. My mom. I don't know about him yet. I don't even, but anyway. Yeah. All right. So Vicki had some comforting and kind of domestic ghosts, kind of like Catherine. Um, so we're moving on next to Dan and Dan's kind of fascinating because he will, as you'll hear, he has, uh, he's from a really big family, very close family. Um, and I think, uh, his go he's so casual about his ghost stories. So he actually started a chat with a bunch of family members because they all have ghost stories in this family. Um, and they're always uh, family members who have come back. And so it's so interesting, this close-knit family. But it's also kind of funny the way that Dan will just kind of be like, let's see, what's the next story? And then just tell it like it's no big deal. Um, so they're so accustomed to having these kinds of visits from ghosts in their family that it was just like, yeah, I don't know. Which stories do you want? So I think we've got a good collection of them, even though we couldn't include them all. Um, so I really hope you enjoy Dan's story. So Dan, thank you very much for coming to tell us. You have a family full of ghost stories. 
it sounds yes. like a, lot, yep. a family full of people who come back and of people who are able to see those who come back. Um, so is there a certain, like I've heard a lot about your grandfather, but I don't know if that's where you want to start. So feel free to start wherever you would like, but your grandfather really stuck in my husband's mind for some reason. <laughs> um, the stories that you told him when you guys were kids uh, about this ghost, are, I mean, I don't know if it's a reason he believes in ghosts, but I, it definitely was foundational for him and his own, own kind of interest in ghosts and things like that. So do you want to start with your grandfather? Sure. sure. Okay, awesome. Well, I mean, it's funny that, you know, because I think he probably knew my grandmother more than my grandfather. I'll read off some of the things that okay. people had shared. Like I said, I I asked family members to share out. And I think too, too many were too shy to come on. That's fair. It'll sound like my family. Um, let's see. So, um, yeah. So there. So the ones that Dave referred to, which I don't think those are even in. So I think it's my cousin Isaac, who saw. Um, like he, they were both kids, babies, like young, very young. Uh, Isaac's, I think. Oh man, 13 years younger than me, maybe. Okay. So he's pretty young. Well, maybe not young now, but he was young. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, so I he would think have been about he, three. Yeah, yeah. So he <laughs> lived, they lived across the street from St. Brendan's. And so mm. his story goes I think he saw my grandfather and just, he was just waving to something, you know, somebody. And my aunt was like, what are you, who are you waving to? Because there's like no cars, nobody's across the street. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, it's Papa. And so, you know, that, that's kind of his story. It's very simple, but you know, mm -hmm. he just saw my grandfather and he started waving to him. And then similar story is my cousin, I think is Ryan. And just so you know, for listeners, I come from a very large family of uh, one of 30 grandkids. So there's wow. a lot of us. Oh, and so, um, I think it's Ryan. He was my aunt, same thing. You know, what are you doing? He's like punching just air, like mm -hmm. boxing in a sense. And he said something about my grandfather had a little bit of a belly. And uh, so he was punching my papa. As we call him. So he's like, I'm, I'm punching papa's belly. And so and then both these, you know, they're very young. Mm -hmm. I think Ryan's even younger than, than Isaac. Mm -hmm. uh, so my one cousin said about her dad, which is my uncle, she said, my dad told me a story that he was traveling for work in the early 2000s in New Jersey for work. Uh, was at a bar after a meeting, after day meetings and travel. He was still drinking at the time. She doesn't know. Hmm. And he goes, he looks up in a large mirror over the bar and he catches my grandfather's reflection in the mirror. What? And he said he would be sitting in a chair at the end of the bar. He said his dad gave him a smile and a nod and he looks away from the mirror and towards the end of the bar and no one was sitting there. So I've got kind of goosebumps there. No, um, gosh, that's, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> So, and then my uncle kind of can, you know, look like him a little bit, but I guess it was like down a ways. Like he saw mm -hmm. this guy sitting at the end of the bar and, and that's kind of his experience. Uh, that's like a horror like, movie plot, right? Like anytime, anytime, you know, you pan away and there's a mirror, you know, someone's going to show up. I've never <laughs> heard of that happening in real life. That sounds really scary, but it sounds like it was comforting to him if he smiled yeah. and nodded. Like it was not necessarily a bad thing. No, because I yeah. mean, from the stories I've heard, I mean, from my dad and stuff, my you know, again, we're Irish Catholic, lots of drinking, always <laughs> make brandy. So, 
you know, I think they used to go out drinking, you know, mm -hmm. when he worked for them and stuff like that. So yeah. I have a feeling that it was kind of in relation to that. You right. know, where they like, may have bonded in the past. Yeah. 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 Just yeah. nodding to him and stuff. Wow. Um, this is another one from my aunt. She goes, the one visit I had for my dad was after I moved into my aunt's house, which is the one across from St. Brandon's. Mm -hmm. He goes, my drive had broke, so I was ringing out everything back then. And my uncle was still in Birmingham because they had moved back to from Alabama. And she goes, this isn't long after my grandfather passed. He goes, so I'm sleeping, but somehow I'm sitting up. My dad is sitting on the bed talking to me. Oh my gosh. Suddenly, she goes, I wake up, but I didn't come awake. She goes, I realize I'm just sitting on the bed, turned sideways, just as though someone was sitting next to me. The next morning, my dryer was fixed, worked for the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's lovely for her, but it's kind of dreary for those of us looking forward to an afterlife, right? It might be yeah. like, I just come back and fix your dryer still? Like, do I not get, like, a better job? <laughs> exactly. Then you hear these stories, like, people coming back as dogs and stuff. And, right. Like, is that really what you want to do? I mean, I guess right. some dogs is good life, but some dogs is not. Uh, right, right, exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Um, well, I'm glad. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy for her for her dryer, though. That's nice. Yes, yeah. yes. So she said it worked, worked many years after that. <laughs> she didn't remember a conversation, just she knew that she was talking no, to him. she just said I was sitting there, and, I, you know, she's like in that mid-sleep or something. Yeah. My other aunt told me. He said, lots of little reminders that he's always hanging around. Or he's hanging around. She goes, I was only home. This is my aunt from Texas. So <laughs> she's like, I was only home for a week or so after the funeral. So I only heard these. He goes, my mom, she said, your mom and aunt were helping cleaning up the office and started arguing. And she said, my grandmother told him to stop. And that puppet, my, yeah, my grandfather wouldn't like that. They continued. They continued, though. And then she said, a picture fell off the wall. And then they stopped. And so... Um, my other aunt remembered it. She goes, oh my goodness, I forgot all about that. So, hmm. you know, just kind of coming back in that sense. Um, oh, um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I guess they said the, the picture that my mom and aunt were yelling or arguing, mm -hmm. I guess they said it moved or shook first. Then they said they were still arguing it and then it fell off the wall. And then nice. she said, everybody turn around and you know, kind of uh, freaked out about it. Right. So I hope your grandma said, I told you so. <laughs> I told exactly. you you wouldn't like that one bit. Exactly. So that's a lot of the ones that they shared about my grandfather. Okay. Um, so is this like a, a whole thread where everyone can see each other's replies too? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So they're like remembering together some of the yep. stuff that they had seen. So well, we that's have a really private. Cool. There's a couple about my grandmother. Oh. So let's see. So not really about my mom. I mean, I, you know, I get visits occasionally in dreams of my own, mm -hmm. but nothing like physically, like that's my mom or I right, see, right. you know, um, but she's definitely in my dreams. I mean, she'll, that's she's good. in one last night. I don't remember much about it, but she's in there keeping an eye on us, I'm sure. And, you know, that's comforting me when she wants. Right. So, yeah. but, um, but yeah, like I said, there's a couple of my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's the one I remember is, so I, I, you know, don't live in town, of course. And so when my mom told me, Hey, you need to come home. I knew it was serious. Cause my mom would never say that unless it was bad. And so I got home and, you know, 
anybody's experience of relative or anybody passing, you know, this was there. Yeah. You know, I came in and I saw, you know, she was breathing sort of the change, you know, but, you know, I kind of felt like, I mean, I wasn't the only one who lived out of town, but, you know, I was kind of her, her boy, you know, because mm-hmm. when I moved away, because we were really close. Yeah. And uh, so I remember, like, most of the family was there. We gathered, you know, we held hands, and it was, um, it was Thanksgiving. It was the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. And so I don't remember if it was snowing or not. I think it was, like, maybe a light snow. It wasn't crazy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But the electricity went out. So we're all sitting there, and, you know, the electricity went out when we were um, all gathered around her, which is just weird. And then shortly yeah. after, she, like, passed. So oh, wow. kind of a weird, weird situation there because it wasn't storming. It wasn't, like, a normal thing where, oh, yeah, it's storming. Let's, you know, electricity right. went out. So I remember that. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a weird experience, like, maybe her passing and 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 moving forward, you know. Like, you you have a big and really tight knit family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so that I, I don't know, like, I wonder if that plays a role in how, how and why and how much like people will come back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I They're mean, still I think, attached. Yeah, that's true. I mean, cause, uh, which, I mean, I think it gives comfort to us, you know what I mean? Um, you know, um, you know, my mom battled cancer and stuff. So, you know, she had to go through a lot, yeah. you know, before passing. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just because we are, we are, you know, we don't talk every day and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we got together in 21, we all, we rented out a whole facility pretty much in Florida and had to be, you know, we had never done something like that, that big. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, it is, is a lot of fun. And I think that's what they would have liked. You yeah, know, they would have right. loved And my mom would have loved that trip. I mean, I, I wish you were around because yeah. she loved the beach. She loved when people, it wasn't just us who ever went on vacation. It was mm-hmm. us and usually another family, yeah. uh, a sibling of hers that would yeah. come with us. So, well, I mean, clearly uh, they they laid the groundwork for that kind of closeness in the family. Your grandparents and your and your mom, you know. So I'm sure they would have been thrilled to see you all still carrying on those traditions, of, even if it's in a new place. My my dad's mom passed away before I was born. But I remember my mom telling us when we were little that. There's a time where my sister, my older sister, was fussing, and you know she was. She met my grandmother. Did meet her for I think she may have passed like a year later or so. But my sister was fussing in her crib or whatever, and my mom, you know, got up to go check on her and stuff. And then she was like, she went in, you know, looked. She was like sound asleep, like sound asleep, and she's like, well, that's weird. And then she just said she felt this presence behind her. And she was like, I couldn't turn. She was like, I want to turn around, but she's like, I couldn't. And then she just realized, she's like, I get to feel your dad's mom, like, there with me. And she thinks, in her opinion, it was always my, you know, my great grandmother, or no, my grandmother came down and visited her. There's, I think I told you earlier, my great aunt, she's always a good ghost storyteller. Um, this one I think is hers though. Um, but she had I remember her telling me once that they I don't know, her and a couple of friends were in the hotel and I think they had heard something or whatever and she just 
or she saw from across the room. That's what it was. So she saw like something moving, like furniture or something moving, if I recall. And she's just like, you know, it was like, you know, laying in bed, just kind of like looking at it at a corner, you know, at a corner of her eye, essentially. And then all of a sudden she's like, she remembers just like this, just a rush. And she said like this face just like showed up in her face. And she like just closed her eyes and then she asked the rest, like, did you guys hear anything last night? And like, yeah, I did. I heard like something moving, but I didn't know what it was. And they, so they didn't really ex- experience what she experienced. Mm-hmm. But what freaked her out was, and she always said, maybe it's like Grim Reaper in a sense, was there's a Halloween party or Halloween, um, I think it was a video mm-hmm. that someone had taken and of, you know, at the at St. Brennan's, you know, like the kids would dress up. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, the story goes like, this came across the screen, this face. And she like recognized it immediately and oh said, that's the face that I saw that night. Nope. And so, kind of a freaky you know, story. She was kind of yeah. a dark person in that sense. So mm-hmm. I could see where she would have those type of situations. Right. Instead of the ghost that's fixing the dryer. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. She had a Grim Reaper come visit her. Right, uh, yeah. He didn't fix anything. He just came. He, he just he disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting the fact that everyone's got a couple about the same people um, and that they're all, the Grim Reaper is obviously the exception, but they're <laughs> yeah. all, um, they all seem to be comforting in some way or positive or like, Hey guys, we're still hanging out with you. You know, like we're still a mm-hmm. part of this close knit family. I mean, that seems like a really, like a special thing. Like I said, that they've built, they built when they were alive and they still want to be a part of after they're, mm-hmm. after they're gone. Yeah. You wonder, you know, you, you wonder, yeah. like you said, afterlife, what is actually happening? So, right. Yep. I think you know, if my family started a group chat. My mother would, well, they'd all have to learn how to use the internet. And then my mother <laughs> would say, Oh my God, this doesn't happen. You should all go pray for the poor souls in purgatory. And then she would leave. No ghosts, no ghosts, ghosts. mama. As we heard from Dan and his lovely uh, family ghosts that come to hang out, like I would too. Um, I I hope my spiritual body can eat or at least smell because that seems like family gatherings when you have delicious things to eat. Yeah. Um, We move into our friend April. April. Um, And April, again, in in a similar fashion, knows that like Lynchburg here is very historic and has a lot of um, perhaps spiritual connections and such. And so her stories are very interesting. I will give you a little bit of a warning that there's a small talk of prostitution and um, some sex. The word sex appears. Yeah, yes. we don't get into it, but yeah. But just so you know, <laughs> this is where you want to not listen. Feel free not to, but you're going to be missing out. All right. So April, tell us your amazing ghost story. This is Beth in Virginia. Um, and we are actually doing a podcast called Welcome to Your Funeral, um, which is not about ghost stories, but it is ghost story adjacent. So we figured it's October. So let's do some ghost stories. I love that. Um, all right. So I, you know, I love, I've always had an interest in these types of things. And probably because I feel like as long as I've been born, it's kind of been you know, stories have always been told in my family, things of that nature. So I grew up in Lynchburg, born and raised. And, um, you know, when I was born, we lived in a little house in Fort Hill. And, um, well, let me back up. My parents purchased the house before I was born. And I think initially they found out about the house. It was a distant relative of my dad and she was a much older lady and she passed away. I think she was actually in the house for a little while before anybody knew that. But, um, 
something along those lines, something kind of, kind of interesting, but, uh, so they, I think my dad found out about it. He bought the house and they, um, that's where that was their first house together. They, you know, got married soon after they moved in. And then, you know, a while later, um, I came into the picture. They were pregnant with me. And so I think initially when they first bought the house, my mom would get scared because she said there was just a strong floral fragrance, just all like oftentimes throughout the house. And it was just super strong. And she had always been told and she'd heard that like, that's like a scent of ghosts or things of that nature. And so it just really freaked her out. And so she was already kind of a little scared um, just being in the house. And then um, a lot of, um, a lot of my family is, you know, born and raised in Lynchburg. Um, and so some of my family, some of that part of the family, I guess that my dad wasn't super close to this lady, but um, at all. But some of the family, I guess a, a way they used to greet one another as yoo-hoo, like anybody home. And so that was just really popular in the family. That was just something super common that that side of the family, yoo-hoo. And so then, you know, soon thereafter, they started hearing yoo-hoo just throughout the house. And yes, and it was never, I don't think it was like a super like scary thing, but it was, just, I think it scared my mom. But I think like, I don't think it really bothered my dad. I think he was just like, whatever. Okay. Um, but, uh, my grandmother would come over, um, and it freaked her out really, really bad. Um, so, you know, eventually, you know, my mom was pregnant with me and so kind of time moves forward and she was pretty pregnant. And my dad, I think one of my aunts, someone in the family had a baby. So my dad went to the hospital to see that new baby. My mom was super pregnant. So she stayed at home and, um, she was really tired. And so, she was taking a nap. My grandmother had come over and she's like, I'll just hang out here just in case something happens. So she's not alone. Um, my grandmother was just hanging out, probably watching TV, doing something. And she said she just kind of dozed off on the couch. A little while later, she hears my dad open the door, open, open the front door, come inside, walk up the steps and go into the bedroom. Um, and she thought, OK, I'll get up in a second. And then she said she kind of just dozed off again. And then a little while later, the door actually opens, flies open, flies open. And my dad walks in and she was like, who was that? I'm like. So things like that started happening. And mm -hmm. then, and so she was like getting more and more terrified. Um, eventually I was born not too, not too much later than that. And she would, um, another, another incident she had incident she had was, um, she was there babysitting me. I think, um, something had happened and my mom had had to run out to do something. My dad, he owned a store like in big Island. And so, you know, when he was gone, it took, Oh, he, he didn't get back till late at night. So she again was at the house, you know, with my mom either helping out or, or something along those lines. And, um, she was downstairs and she heard my music box turn off. So she went to stand up to go turn it back on. And she heard crank, 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 crank. And the music just started playing again. And she said, she just said like that terrified her to her core. And she said, yep. she, she, then she started trying to like call my parents and, and like, somebody needs to come home. I can't do this anymore. Um, and, she got to a point at one point where she was like, I don't want to babysit that house anymore. I don't want to be there. Um, however, I think they, she still continued to come over because um, she said that there were other occasions where she would, um, I would kind of like toddle down the hall and look up to the top of the steps and just wave to nobody. And then I would just point and say, look at the lady. And that was like a common phrase. I'd say, look at the lady, look at the lady. And she would just, she was always terrified. And this is something she would, I would make her tell me over and over and over again throughout the years. Tell me again, tell me again, tell me the story. Um, and, uh, so then I, I was about two years old and this wasn't, you know, a much older house. And, um, like some of the, the bed, the surprisingly, some of the closets were super big. And so they were like, um, one of the, a walk-in closet, like near my, attached to my room was kind of like my playroom. That's where all my toys were. Um, and I was in there playing one day and my mom had kind of come up the stairs. She had like a basket of laundry, just kind of 
overhears her toddler talking like, and she's like, Hey, who are you talking to? And I said, the little old lady, Katie. And she said she was just, she just felt sick because the lady who passed away in that house before we ever moved in was Katie Payne. And my parents, I didn't know that lady. They never told me her name. I, I just, yeah. And so, and many times after that, I would talk about like the little lady, Katie, the lady, Katie. Um, And they said that one of the things that they had heard about her was like, she loved babies. She loved little kids. Um, But for as long as we lived in that house, I talked about the little old lady, Katie, and played with her. Um, And so not, you know, I think around the time I was three or so, they moved out. They bought another house and left. Um, But for years, I always wondered about that house um, and kind of like, I wonder if the people that live there now have anything going on. And it's not too far from my house now. Um, I can remember being in like middle school and walking by the house with my cousin who lived in that neighborhood as well. And I was like, I'm just going to go knock on the door. I wonder if they'd let me look at the house. And of course, like he was like, okay, sure. And so we walked up to the house, knocked on the door. And I'm like a kid trying to like think really quickly, like, what can I say? And someone answered the door and they're like, hello. And I was like, just a random name popped in my head. I was like, is Casey here? And they're like, oh no, she's not here. She'll be back later. And I just panicked because I picked a random name, just trying to pretend like trying to start up a conversation to pretend like I knew somebody. And randomly, that person, that really was the name there. So, oh God. yeah, it was just, it was just super odd. And I just laughed because like as a kid, that terrified me too. But um, I, I remember li- like living in that home. Um, I have some memories because I was, like I said, two, three years old, but I always have very happy memories there. So I would definitely love to see that house again um, and mm-hmm. go back there. But those are some of the stories that kind of my grandmother used to tell me over and over again that I love to hear. Um, um, when we moved to this house, um, a couple years ago, it's, we've been here two years now. Um, when we initially moved in one of our first nights here, um, my husband woke up in the middle of the night and he heard, he saw lights on downstairs and heard me, um, or someone walking around. And so the next morning he woke up and he was like, what were you doing downstairs last night? And I was like, I never went downstairs. And he, um, and he just sat, he's, he's like, the lights were on. I heard you downstairs. And I was like, I never went downstairs. I, I'm, I was, we just moved here. It was dark. It was a bigger, a bigger house. I was scared. I was like, I did not go downstairs. But he, he, um, that's when he told me, and he does not believe in anything like ghosts, things like that. But he's like, I heard, I heard voices down there. I heard, saw the lights on. I knew you were downstairs and I could even hear like the railing, like somebody touching, like, 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 ding, 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 the railing as they went downstairs. And I was like, that was not me. And it's been funny. We've had kind of a few things at this house, but I don't feel like a, a scary sense here at all. But um, maybe this just this area has got a lot of spirits presence. Really? Yeah, like comfy, comfy ghosts yeah. that like just want to coexist and not like mess with you. I will tell you, my husband is the first one to tell me everything. What would happen? Like he is now very curious. Um, he's, he's the kind that won't even watch like a scary movie. He's like, I don't believe. And I don't, I don't like things that just, you know, um, but now he's the first one that wants to know. He's like texting. When are, are you all, are, are you all done yet? When are you coming back? Did you find anything? Send me a video. Um, <laughs> very, very curious. Um, have so, you found anything ghost hunting with your brother? So uh, not, not, not really. We had one incident where we were in the cemetery you know, at this point, it's like one third, it's probably two o'clock in the morning. And we're like walking through talking and I see a figure and I was like, stop, there's somebody there. And he was like, what? And he's like looking. And sure enough, there was another person walking through the cemetery. And so we're like, <laughs> it wasn't, I'm, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a ghost. I think it was a person, but it was terrifying because you don't expect to see anybody there. Um, and it looks almost like that person ran and hid under a tree. I will say the creepy thing is, so we were kind of in a position where we could just kind of go higher in this particular cemetery and like get out. And so we could like look back 
where, but we never saw that person like come out from onto the tree. And it's, it was a tree in the middle of a cemetery too. So they, they either stood there for a very long time or maybe it was something, but, um, yeah, I, I can't maybe they were doing something so shady that they didn't know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, needless to say, I'm not going back to that cemetery in the middle of the night. It's either a person and, or a ghost. And I don't want either one of those, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the no trespassing signs. So you know. that is also, yeah, that's the big thing. I'm already, like, I'm not scared. I don't think I'm scared to see a ghost. I'm scared to get um, the police. Like, what are you doing here at the park at two o'clock in the morning? Or the, that's what I'm like having to explain myself. I mean, you know, they record everything. So yeah. that like on, either, yeah, they'll, they'll remember to turn on the cane for me and then they'll post it somewhere embarrassing. And yeah. We, we got to go um, to a house downtown. The people asked not to disclose the street name, um, but we went this past weekend and we didn't, I will say like there was um, this moment it, and it was, it's a super old house. It was born, uh, born. it was built in the 1800s. Um, and uh, it, there was one part of the house where like I instantly just got chills, like every hair on my body stood up and the meter went up pretty high, but then like, we didn't pick up anything else after that. Like we were, did had recordings and whatnot. And so we didn't, um, we never picked up anything else, but there were definitely moments where like, I just had like the strongest, like scariest, like sense in my body, but they were very brief and they didn't last. And so I could just sense that they were neutral, kind of like the old lady ghost or like, do you get the sense that things are evil or good or Almost like something bad, like, or like, not that it was bad, but like maybe something bad had happened there or, or like there was a bad memory or something attached to it. It was just something felt off. And I think the people that owned that house back, back then they called it, um, oh, what were like sporting neighborhoods or sporting street? There was some, some kind of term they used, I guess, in Lynchburg where, um, houses with women who, you know, um, I guess, I think they had the sex with the men. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, but I feel like they call, I was like, I looked up the term that they used back then, um, what they used to call it. And I can't remember what it is anymore, but apparently this house used to have like a big red lamp where, um, when they turned it on, like the women were available and you could go. So I just, I kind of wonder, I've been trying to research some of the history of that specific house, but I haven't been able to find a ton. I've finally gotten. I've always wanted to go on the old city cemetery, um, tour of the prostitutes graves, but I think the guy who used to do it is gone. So I don't know if that history is gone with him or not, but. I would like that. Too. I was yeah. So then I started looking up their names too to see what houses they lived in, but I don't think it was a match for them. Yeah. And there was oh, sorry, and there was one prostitute's grave at the old city cemetery that's like gorgeous and big and like all these things. And I guess all the men like chipped in to like get her the best gravestone in town. Yeah, oh. yeah. I think it was. I think maybe Langley. I think their names are like Agnes and somebody Langley. I think. I don't know. I looked. It, I just looked it up last week. Um, but yes, you're right. She has like one of the most extravagant graves there. Um, and they have, they have their own little fence around it. And they weren't sure if it was because they were so um, just lucrative from their business or if it was because um, like the people gave them a proper send off. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember talking to the gentleman who used to do that tour and he was like, nope, all the, like, the locals would like take up a collection. Like, oh, Mary died. We all knew, knew Mary. So let's, <laughs> let's send her off well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Like, so many of them have been really like kids. Like, yeah, a lot of kids talking and like understanding that there's like benevolent spirits who are just hanging out and like want to play. And well, it's funny too, because I think sometimes, like, I think, like, when I was thinking about this and kind of like, I like made a couple notes, but like, I even in so the house that I grew up in, um, or I was born in, and then we moved to a different part of town, but that was in Fort Hill. 
the, my last two houses have been in the Fort Hill area. The house my mother grew up in is in the Fort Hill area. And then my cousins, like they kept, my grandfather kept that house, you know, for years and years and years. And then eventually Jenny bought it. Um, and then she's since sold it. But um, that house too, like as a kid, there were memories in that house. Like there were experiences in that house um, that, so it's just, to me, it always strikes me as like, I feel like in this area of town and like in our family, we have so many stories. Cause I can think of in that um, particular house, um, I used to go spend like the day with my cousin, like during the summer, our parents were working. So we'd hang out all day long and I would get there super early in the morning. My mom had to be at work at seven or so in the morning. So she dropped me off and I'd go lay on the couch and sleep, watch TV until my cousin woke up. There was another older cousin there and he had practice or came, some kind of camp um, during the summer that he had to go to. And so my aunt, like I remember one day in particular, she was running out to work and she said, make sure you wake your cousin up, make sure you wake Jared up at by 7.30 a.m., something along those lines. And I was like, absolutely, sure, I got that. Of course, I fell asleep immediately. And I will never forget laying on that couch. And um, all of a sudden, I just felt like something hit my arm. And I woke up and I saw a black thing, like this black figure dart. And it flew so fast. And I woke up and I looked and it was like, it was 7.50. And I immediately, I was like, someone just woke me up to make sure I woke him up to make sure he left on time. Like, it was the creepiest thing. But like my cousin and my brother both also seen that black figure in that in the house um and that one was that one did creep me out like i was terrified i went upstairs and woke my cousin up and i was like i'm not sitting down there by myself ever again <laughs> and goodbye i'm glad you're on time i'll be somewhere yeah, else. Also, you, can, you can leave now i guess i'm scared what, what's gonna happen if you don't leave please make it on time it's terrifying yeah but i i know yeah. but also very cool because like they don't hurt you they just kind of they, it was like dude your cousin's gonna be late get up like, I hate to cross dimensions and stuff, but like, these were all sort of uh, comforting slash uh, friendly family ghosts-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you stick with us for our next episode, we get into the, the less friendly, not so kind ghosts. The ghosts you don't want. The ones that make you move out. Yes, those. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be another uh, set of really, really fun ghost stories. Although, with a darker twist. Fun to hear, not fun to experience. <laughs> We hit the end of our ghosty stories. We hope you enjoyed them and spending some time with us and our friends uh, and their ghouly and Caspery ghost stories. <laughs> Glad we got them to in October, albeit the, you know, very, 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 very end. It is still October. So we do hope that you will join us and watch our regular uh, podcast episodes of Welcome to Your Funeral. And make sure you stay tuned for our November bonus episodes coming up. We'll see you then.